Alright, welcome to Say Shura. I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoop Magoo. And uh, first, I just <clears throat> want to say congrats to Scott on his uh, recent engagement. Um, Thank you very much. Yep, yeah, that, that's all. Um, episode's over. Uh, so, <laughs> all, all the news worth covering this time around. I mean, frankly, um, if, if if I mean, I don't want to spoil this, but I'm I'm kind of ambivalent about every single album that we're talking about today. So, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I feel like I, I could you know tell where I'd be more positive than you, and where we'd be pretty much aligned. Um, well, okay, but, but but mind you, that ambivalent doesn't mean positive or negative. It means like sort of just, you know uncaring about either yeah that's what i meant like there are some Um, cases where i might be along the same lines or i might be you know i have a more positive opinion than ambivalent in some cases but like let's not spoil let's let's get down to it let's let's start you know pulling this stuff apart we're doing four reviews today we're doing um and we're gonna start off with the new full of hell album and um you know i would say that full of hell is probably one of the first grindcore bands or like power violence bands i really got into uh so, like, you know, when I became cognizant of them, I've been just actively looking forward to new releases from them. Just because of the way that they managed to merge all these, like, avant-garde tendencies with grindcore and, like, with noise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they their first album, what, what is it, um, Roots of Earth are Destroying My Home? Yes. Like that's the name? Yeah, which is, I, I think it's a great album. I actually just mm-hmm. had... Um, Full of Hell and Mersbow on earlier today, which is, an, again, a phenomenal album. Um, you know, it made even better by the companion disc that comes with it, like Sister Fawn. Um, you know, so I, I, I mean, I've always, like, since I was aware of these guys, I, I found them really interesting. Um, but I think we can both agree that their last album uh, was it, uh, Triumphant Ecstasy. Is that right? Trumpeting ecstasy. Trumpeting ecstasy. Thank you. I I I get them and um, imperial triumphant. I think mixed up yeah. nowadays. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, trumpeting ecstasy was. Um, at first, it, it it was an interesting album. At first, like I really liked it, uh, especially the title track. But then, as time went on, I realized that like it just it didn't have like a lot of meat on its bones, so to speak. That it just felt a little limp and um you know i i was kind of hoping that this wouldn't be the case with this new album uh weeping choir um and i i think that this album is actually an improvement over trumpeting ecstasy um but still i think it has a lot of the same problems that trumpeting ecstasy has namely just for me a lot of forgettable songwriting um uh, I, I I sort of want to open up the gates to what what, what you're thinking about this. Um. Yeah, I, I found it was difficult to kind of wrap my head around this album in general. Uh, I would say I came out positively. I yeah. like the fact that um, they've kind of always, they never had their true grindcore phase. Like a lot of young grindcore bands, their first album is just, you know, no holds bar, just, you know, you know pedal to the metal. And then subsequent albums kind of get a bit more experimental uh, I, I, I mean I, I'd argue that their first album really utilized some cool noise elements that you don't exactly see a whole lot yeah in and, and, and that's what I was going to say is that you know from 
from the get-go, they've always had an experimental edge. They've become more yeah. experimental over time, but they never really had that phase where they were just always painting by the numbers. They, they kind of have always at least, you know, it's, it's obviously varied in its intensity, but they've always had a little bit extra to their sound. Yeah. And I think that they've definitely built on that more. Trumping Ecstasy had some cool moments. Uh, there's that slower track at the end of the album. I always forget. I, I think, forget isn't, the that, isn't that the title track? It might be where because uh, I, it, it was it was like a female vocals, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the great female vocals, and then that like really like grimy breakdown. Yeah, the, um, like love that. That's and a great track. And, on here, and, there's some there's some good moments here and there. I would say that I think I'm coming from a point where I'm just not as big a fan of like the short bursts of energy that are are uh, that come with grindcore. Like it's just not. And maybe it's just a right now thing. Maybe I'm just moving away from that style. But it's not something that I felt myself... Like, definitely, I love the intensity. I love the heaviness. But I just felt that... I wanted more after each track. Like, they definitely... A lot of the riffing was more Death Grind-inspired than Grind Core. Like, definitely some of the riffing um, felt a little bit, uh, like, heavier on, like, the sludgy side of Death Metal... Um, definitely not like you know full blown or anything like that. And I would love to see them move more into that territory because I think they could make some really cool experimental death metal. But yeah. for the time being, I think that the the like the just kind of the grind bursts are really intense and really cool, but don't have that much distinction from one another. They kind of they turn on that grind intensity, and it, it all hits. Obviously, you could tell there's some differences, but it hits around the same area. Whereas sometimes they'll throw in like a an industrial passage, and it feels obviously that breaks it up, and then the noisy elements come in, and then they have maybe a little bit of melody and stuff like that. I just feel like the core of their sound has fallen into like they have a, a very distinct sound when it comes to their approach to grindcore, but yeah. they kind of turn on the same mode. Like when they yeah. want to grind, it's just like you know. They go at it and then they stop. And then yeah, they go to it, something it, different. And then like those um, sort of like those noise passages that we were talking about, and like even like those saxophone passages or like which that choir, was cool. Yeah, or like, like the I choir really vocals. Um, yeah, which I, I think. Do you know what track? I think that was uh, "Angels Gather Here," if I remember right. Um, but like, it, like those elements are cool. But I feel like the way they're integrated into the tracks, there isn't much forethought into it. Like it feels like that they're just like slotted into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Yeah, like, and and I think that that kind of sucks because, like, I I I really enjoyed a lot of these like noisy passages, like especially um the track Rainbow Coil. I thought was really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, there's some great like like Burning Myrrh. Like I I thought sort of the riffs on that were really interesting and like you know like it, like the, the this thing has this really positive moments. And I would say overall my my thought on this album is is more positive than negative um but the thing is they're just it it feels like they're like holding back in a way like um sort of like they're getting closer to like you know like that album that's gonna like define their career in a way Mm -hmm. um and i just don't think that they're there quite yet um yeah for sure yeah yeah, because I feel like for me, like when Na- like nails definitely um, hit. I think probably in their favor was the fact that they essentially released 
like a couple of EPs to start off their career. Yeah. Like their first two albums were so short. Uh, but they just had such a such a distinct style of, of writing and they really mastered songwriting a lot earlier in their career again you know just in, in my view yeah and I felt like there was a lot more distinction between songs on um, their first couple albums wasn't as big a fan of you will never be one of us you, uh, it, it's but, funny you bring that up because I was listening to that while I was running uh, like last week and uh, it is such a fucking great album to work out to yeah no just, I mean nails. Yeah, uh, some of his recent like antics and comments have kind of turned me off from him as a person. But like his his, his music is just, or, or Nail's music overall is just, yeah. You know, it, it's so it's such a great intersection of, of those you know, power violence and grind and whatnot. And I'm just I've always been um, really impressed by just how much songwriting and distinction that they have. Uh, for themselves. And I yeah. feel like that's something that, and, and the Phil of Hell aren't really, they're not like noobs, you know, they're, they're, they're yeah. not, you know, they're not right out of the gate. And I, I would love to, uh, I don't know, like I would love to know, you know, what's going to push them over the edge because they, they have that experimental edge, you know, they have that experimental. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's not even like it, they haven't shown it in like, because like, don't they have like a four volume, like series of EPs that are just noise? I, yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, like it's it's in like I mean even I I'm I'm kind of loath to even talk about them, but the collaborations with the body, like even those are like you know them really trying something completely different from what yeah. they were doing, even if it's like like isn't doesn't the first one have like a Leonard Cohen cover on it? You know what? Pro, that sounds right. Probably. Why not? I think it does. Um, but yeah, like. They, it's it's not like these guys don't know what they're doing because like you know they I would say their name is pretty legendary in hardcore circles right now and I mean I know so many people who are really big full of hell fans I mean pretty much everybody on the heavy blog staff is like obsessed with these guys you know and it's just like um and I I, I can see why but I just feel like they've never like punched like appropriately to their weight um if, if that makes any sense i would also say that like this the fact that this album is 24 minutes actually kind of threw me for a loop because i i thought it was something more along the lines of like over 30 minutes because that's what it kind of felt like to me yeah um, it, it really reinforces something i i, I believe i've had for a while that um, album length is really so much more about like the context of what um, goes on in the album. Like I've there have been, you know, doom albums or ambient albums that have felt shorter than some grind albums just because it's just not, it's not engaging and it's not, you know, good. Like some grind albums like feel like they drag on forever even though they're objectively shorter. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, kind of like to, to your point. Um, you know, I, I have no uh, real major gripes with this album. Everything they do, yeah, everything they do here, they do well. I just kind of wish that heaviness and that that grind intensity that they turn on, they would switch yeah. it up a little bit. And that's something that you know, like a genre veteran like Napalm Death, like I think Utilitarian has that intensity, but the songwriting is there too. And it's a really, it's a delicate balance to achieve. Absolutely, you know, it's really difficult to. Um, write an album that uh, 
that truly is intense and has that kind of grindcore style to it but also has memorable songwriting i mean that, that's yeah. kind of just the name of the game i mean like some of the greatest grindcore albums. i mean even early napalm death i'm talking about more later career like utilitarian and albums like that where they really came to their own in terms of songwriting a lot of early napalm death albums they were you know obviously instrumental in creating the genre but they're not particularly memorable you know like a lot I, of early, I mean, their early... scum is scum is memorable just for I think just the time it was put out in, but like absolutely, you know, yeah. But, but you know, when you actually listen to it, it's like wow, a lot of these songs sound extraordinarily similar. Yeah, to I, one well, another. I, so I, I mean, I, I'm saying this as like someone who's you know not as well versed in metal as he used to be. Uh, that like I, for me, a lot of grindcore sounds very similar. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I know that that's a very um kind of blase. Uh, statement and not, not exactly it you know it, it it's one that's definitely um biased it's just that like i i don't really it's not it's not a genre that i love enough to sit down for like 48 hours straight and just listen for every little intricacy mm. in like a minute in like a minute long song sure. um but like and not to say i don't like it because i mean we're talking about this i you know fucking love nails i've grown to just they're probably my favorite grindcore band uh possibly even like my favorite extreme metal band right now i freaking love nails um but it's just like i think with these guys it's you just know that they're capable of so many awesome like like they can do so much great shit and you know they can but they just haven't done it yet like it just it just feels like every single time it's it's kind of phoned in a little Uh um you know which is i i mean like it's a mixed blessing i guess because like the the album that they have presented is is good like you know it's i i there's nothing i I really can't see anything that's like oh like this sucked like like there's nothing in here that sucks it's 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 all really like solid solid material mm-hmm. but it's just like it, it it lacks that edge still that i think some of their early releases had but i also think that like you know an edge that i don't think they've gotten to yet that i think they still could like like i just i feel like if they had focused if they had tried to blend like these new uh you know sort of instrumentation you know like all, you know all this new sort of noise sounds saxophones choir vocals like i think if they had integrated these sounds more cohesively i think this could be a contender for like one of the best metal albums of the year so yeah and, and i feel like that blending was was really subtle and and effective on title track Trumpeting Ecstasy. Yeah, had, exactly. Like the really like you know creepy post metal vibe and like the uh, the female vocals and whatnot. And for whatever reason, um, I don't feel like they did that because definitely some of the tracks uh, you mentioned, like Rainbow Coil, for example, is it's it's not really a blend it's it's very much just you know its own beast that kind of is more of like a noisy industrial track yeah it's, it's lo- like an interlude yeah yeah exactly yeah. i would love to hear them bridge that gap a bit more often yeah but, exactly but, but for fans of grind i mean this is definitely a high you know this is absolutely something yeah. you should uh you should jump on like pretty 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 quickly i mean th- this is uh 
if, if this type of music is what you're interested in, then this is a must listen. Yeah, you you, you can't go wrong with with this album. Um, although I would say if you know you've never heard of Full of Hell before, I would say check out their earlier material. Um, you know, just because I I find it to be you know a lot more engaging, especially Full Hell Mersbau. Mm-hmm. Um, just just because I I feel like you know even then it, even though like. See, even the noise interludes then and like the noise sections still aren't completely integrated as well as they could be, in my opinion. But like, you, you, I don't know, like, you, you just have this feeling that these guys are getting closer and closer. So, um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, I, I, I'm glad I listened to it. It's, it's definitely fun to listen to if you're, you know, if you're out, you know, pumping iron or whatever. So yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, we're gonna talk about the new untitled Romstein album, uh, which people have just started began to call just Romstein. I know. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they just kind of gave up. Well, do you, do you remember like because I, this isn't the first like untitled album out there. Like you remember the Corn album that's untitled? Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> that is also considered to be by many to be one of their worst. But, um, yeah, well, you know that's <laughs> yeah. Happens. But I, I mean, can, can we just go down this rabbit hole really quick? Because I don't understand why bands like 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 they're just like, oh yeah, we didn't title our album. What like? Yeah, I, I I've never understood that at all. Yeah, I really it's, don't. It, it's just like it's it, it just feels lazy more than anything. Yeah, like, like, like the, the infinite number of words in the English or you know in this case German dictionary. Yeah, you couldn't pick anything. And like you, you could you couldn't pick one of the fucking track names. Yeah, just exactly. I mean, you could just call it Rammstein, and it would be yeah, fine. Why not? Like, yeah, they, they, don't you know, have, they don't have a self-titled album yet, I don't Exactly. Think. And I mean, they, it's not like people haven't made multiple self-titled albums. I mean, American Football, I mean, maybe bad example because they're just not very similar at all <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> the, their, their music. But, you know, still, yeah. like, it, it, yeah. And I mean, considering what a weird language German is, like, I, I, I kind of wish that they, they, they could have, you know, like, come up with something really funny especially just knowing romstein's just like their sort of sense of humor and like like just sort of like the weird like sexy vibes that you get that you get from like listening to a romstein album yeah like i don't know i but but all this to say is i i i love romstein i really love romstein like i think i think the first thing i listened to was mutter like way back in high school. Yes, the same. Yeah, and that that was just like I had never heard something like like especially because it was I think so. Well, let, let's see if we have the same memory that I remember that um, they showed up in the movie Triple X there at the beginning yes. of it playing Firefly or how yeah. do you say that and like uh-huh. yeah that, that that was the first time I ever heard them and I remember looking it up because I was like this thing is fucking insane and like I yeah they. Mutter's great. I really I find their first three albums to be like basically flawless, in my opinion. Um, like Herzlide, the debut. I I I'm a really big fan of that, uh, especially the title track or you know the, the track Romstein at the end is just like so crushing and just like unforgiving. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I I really like them. I think they're a great band. I love the whole new Deutsch heart sound that they sort of pioneered. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, so I was really psyched for this, especially that's been almost 10 years exactly 
since their last album came out, which was, um, you know, I, I'm not even going to try to say the last yeah. name because <laughs> it's just, I, I think it's, I think it's like love is for all. I think that that's yeah. what the translation is. Um, so yeah, you know, coming into this, I, I think there was a lot of expectations for people because I think, you know, it's been, it's been just that long, um, that, you know, you, you either expect the band to just sort of sink or swim mm-hmm. with, with this type of thought. Um, and really, I, I enjoyed this album a lot, um, but I will say that like I enjoy it as a Romstein album, which you know means that like to me anyway, that it's like it's not something I would put on all the time. Sure, it's, it's not something I would binge like weekly like I do with like Shoo Shoo's Girl Basket of Fruit, uh-huh. you know. It, but like it's still, I still really enjoyed it. I think that some of the negative, um, you know lash this some of this stuff has gotten you know um i think well i did you watch the needle drops review of this i i did and yeah uh if, if i could be honest some of um i i watched it after i listened to the album yeah some some of his critiques i actually felt um i think the main thing for me is the stop the, the i guess <laughs> the stop i'm try, trying to think of a way to to worry like the type of songs that do populate the back end of this album i've never loved their slower songs like i don't know if i call them ballads i think that's that's what fantano used but the slower songs like, i like the the anthemic like the industrial the stomping like the big uh that's why i loved mutter so much is because so many of the songs uh, have that you know, just like balls to the walls kind of intensity to it. That's kind of funny because I I actually like both sides of Rammstein. Like, there's a track on Herzlide that uses, like, I I don't know if you remember this, but it has, like, little bird samples or, like, something like that. And it's, like, this really, like, slow-paced ballad, and it sort of gains momentum and becomes, like, this passionate, like, it's like a German torch song in a way. (laughs) Um, But, like, I actually really like that. But I, I get what you mean that, like, I, I, you know, the way the track listing is, like, somebody somebody could be like, yeah, I kind of like, you know, I, the, I think just the way Fantano described it, I didn't really agree with just in that the second half of this thing to him just falls apart, which I don't think so. I think it's just like, you know what you're getting into with a Romstein album. And like you know, it, it's it's either you know you're you're you know you're game to go along for the forty five minute ride, or you know you it's just not your thing after like you know twenty minutes. Sure. Um, but like I will say that like you know considering that they really haven't changed their sound all that much. No, I was um, I was shocked at how this is. They basically picked up exactly where. Yeah, like, I I haven't listened to them for quite a while, and this obviously it sounded wasn't exactly the same but just like the general yeah. style that they perform well, uh it was like picked up exactly where i left off see them. i i don't consider that to be a bad thing honestly oh yeah i don't think it's bad i, yeah. I, just, I was surprised i was yeah, like wow it, this is exactly what i remember them sounding i you know i i, I think this is like the, these guys are like you know sort of sort of the exception to the rule in a way um well just a like the sound that they pioneered is just so unlike anything else that you'll hear in music, especially when it comes to like, you know, like the, you know, more metal side of music and like the more extreme side of music. Like you, you don't really hear something like this. 
And so, uh, you know, I I, I kind of give, give them a pass in a way because, like, they were able to sort of carve this niche out and they were able to fill it with really great songs. So, like, to hear them keep doing that, I, I was really big on. Um, I also found that there were some moments on this thing that were, like, really interesting. Um, especially, I think, uh, so the, it's called uh, Poopy. <laughs> God, I can't believe I just called it that. Um, puppy, uh, P-U-P-P-E. Yeah. Um, I that that track was really interesting. Like Till Landman's vocals were like just like batshit insane on that on that track, mm-hmm. and I just found that to be like very different from from anything else. Um, I would say the previous track from that Sex was also like mm-hmm. you know kind of. Um, its own little thing like i mean it's it's not anything new for ramstein to you know talk talk about sex at yes. all but like but I like found... to, to have a song kind of under 50 fantana's point where it was you know so on the nose i am a little surprised it took this long yeah for them I, to I, be, i'm with you for them to be like you know what fuck it and just like literally go for a song actually called sex yeah, uh, I, I I guess calling a song "pussy" wasn't wasn't enough. So, uh, I, I, so like they, it, this thing has its really great moments in it, um, but I think most of the time this is like, I I guess this is at best a return to form for Romstein. Uh, the the thing is that that initial form is you know kind of debatable among people. I think. Think that's sort of the best way to put it. If, if yeah, you get that's what a I fair mean. way to put it. Uh, which, I, I mean, me personally, as a Ramstein fan, I, I was really psyched. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, there wasn't anything in here that said, "Oh, you need to listen to this again." Like, just press repeat. Yeah. Um, you know, like once once it was over, you know, I was like, okay, like that was fun. And actually, during when I was listening to it, I was like. Man, I need to buy like every Romstein album now. <laughs> mm. Like, I, I I don't own any Romstein albums, which which really bothers me because like Mudder's great. I mean, like I would just love to get like their first three, like on CD. Like that'd be great. Um, yep, yeah, may, maybe this one at some point. But um, I would also, I did you ever did you read the um? There's a Sputnik review, uh, for this as well. I didn't. Yeah, so the um, whoever wrote, I'm not sure who wrote, but he was talking about um, the the cover, which is you know just a single matchstick. Yeah, and they were talking about like, oh yeah, like like this is like a new starting point for like the band. Like like no, it, it can, can we be honest? It really isn't. Like no. it's no, it's not at all. I think the single match. I I, I really I don't know why that was picked because I mean literally every other album that they've had has been just like either you know steeped in controversy or just batshit insane mm-hmm. or just cool as hell you know like for example like their debut um you know reminded some people of you know nazi propaganda posters mm-hmm. because of like the whole like shirtless german type of <laughs> type of thing um you know, but then there's like a you know like the album cover for Mutter. It's just like disturbing, kind of. Even though it's just like a picture of a, of I think it's a boy, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I it's like 
but it, but now it's just like oh here's a fucking matchstick. <laughs> I know that was uh, that was surprising to me is the fact that yeah like they're they're they've always been so even I forget what album was but it, like it's the giant ship. Yeah, on the R- cover. Rosenrot. Yeah, like even obviously that wasn't controversial, but still you had like this big grandiose yeah uh, I, cover. I, I think maybe they're thinking behind this is like oh like you know think about what the match can do. Mm-hmm. Or like you know it's a or, or you know a, l- let's put in a sexual equivalent because we're talking about Ramstein. This is like the equivalent of like switching from like hardcore to softcore porn, in sure. a way that it's like oh you you're okay with them teasing you a little bit before you know, and it's like I don't know like like if you're already showing everything before this, like this just seems kind of tame in comparison. Yeah, and, and I think you could say that about pretty much everything on this album in a sense (laughs) yeah and i think for me um i don't think if i encountered this album, if this album wasn't made by rammstein like obviously i have uh you know they were one of the first metal bands i enjoyed i I spun the hell out of my dad's copy of 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 mutter uh and then there were other other albums uh, or other songs of theirs. I didn't really listen to any other album that closely, but there are other songs of theirs that I, I loved quite a bit. Do uh, yeah, I mean, Do Host was was such a man. That was such a great, great. Uh, okay, then, then, sorry to interrupt your little thing, but wasn't that in Rock Band or like? I, I'm was, pretty sure it was. I, I think it was either in like Rock Band or one of the Guitar Hero games because I I remember playing drums for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a, a great song. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think if I encountered this album and it was made by just like if it was you know some run of the mill modern whatever like, like you know industrial metal new doi chart band. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't think I would care. Frankly, I think I would be like, yeah, this isn't really my thing. Just because, yeah. um, like the, the the production, I wish it was a little heavier. I mean, it wasn't too bad, but I, I wish like the guitars had a little bit more meat on them. Uh, the riffs are relatively simple, um, but but still like you know catchy and definitely on uh, um, the Germany, which I, I liked a lot. How they kind of mimic the the Deutschland, you mean Deutschland? Yeah, yes. uh, or well, I mean that's I mean yeah. So, uh, sorry, I to Americanize it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I liked how you know I haven't looked too deeply in the lyrics, but from what I've read and whatnot. I like the fact that they talk about the difficulty of being proud of your heritage while, you know, being from somewhere that uh, obviously has done some, you know, pretty bad things. <laughs> so, and, I think but, that, that's an understatement, but yeah. I know. <laughs> like, but on the same token, what I also loved about it was the fact that they kind of it had like a like a German march and like the power and like they they really went all out on creating that dichotomy. Yeah, um, I, I I think. That that's something they've always done really well is just Absolutely. like, like really creating a lot of distortion through contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I, I mean, example. I I keep going back to their first album, but like Herzlide, I think you know, you know, really comes out to me is because like you know, you listen to that album and it's just like you know, crushing, like bone yeah. crushing. But all the lyrics are just about love and relationships. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's. I, 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 I think again, like the, it, you know, that creates a really cool edge. But yeah, yeah. They, but what you've been saying is that you know, like, uh, if this was any other band, be like, yeah, whatever. It's it's really just the fact that this is Rammstein and it's their first album in ten years that really has gotten people like, you know, thinking about this album. 
Absolutely. It, it's it's yeah. not... And I don't say that to be like, oh, I, I think this, this album... You know, would suck if I if it wasn't Rammstein. I just I just mean that I wouldn't like it nearly as much as I do. Yeah, um, yeah. I so I mean I again like similar to Weeping Choir. I I'm like I'm positive on this, but I, I don't see this being like oh album of the year or like you know yeah something like that. But at the same time, like I enjoy this album a lot. Yeah. So, uh, I I you know I I'm kind of glad we don't rate things. Because yeah, like I have no like, idea what I'd rate any exactly of these like, like how would you say that be like well meh but like good meh and like <laughs> but good meh I but love good it. meh um, yeah yeah so yeah I, I I'm you know I think that's all I have to say about this um, I would say listen to it you know it's it's worth it um, yeah it's, it, if just for you know just some fun uh, like even though. I think a lot of their lyrical themes are kind of serious. I think in this album, like, you know, I, I still, there's still like this, um, enjoyment that comes out of, you know, listening to a Romstein album, uh, that, that I wouldn't give up. So, all right. Now we're moving into hip hop territory. Yeah. Um, Last couple. Yeah. So this is the, uh, we're talking about the new injury reserve album, their debut album, self-titled, um, you know, I'll be honest, I don't really know a whole lot about these guys. Um, I know Fantana was a really big fan of them, or it still is. Um, and I remember listening to like the first track off of Floss when that came out. Uh, and I really liked that track. It was uh, Oh Shit, uh, which is just like a fucking banger. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, similar to like my experience with like Brockhampton, like, or at least the first, bra- first Saturation album. Um, I found that like after Floss, I was kind of bored, so I kind of just didn't bother listening to the rest. Um, you know, and so coming into this, I was I was really psyched for this just to hear you know full length from these guys, and you know to hear about what people are talking about, just how this is like you know kind of industrial, kind of cutting edge, experimental hip hop, sort of. Um, honestly, I I I think that's a huge misnomer for this album <laughs> like yeah it definitely uh, just to be upfront i really love this album i really yeah. i really love yeah. what they had to do um there were definitely some kind of experimental leaning and, and harder beats yeah but but I don't, like, and it's, it's leaning it's leaning yeah, definitely, but, but, it's, so, but it's not like uh, like for those people that are like oh this is experimental hip-hop or like it's like guys like okay first off like death grips exists you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like these guys take influence from Death Grips, whereas I wouldn't say like they sound like Death. Like, there, there yeah. uh, is one track in particular that um, had some vocal samples that sounded like MC Ride. That I was like, okay, this sounds you know pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty in line with kind of a, a, a more hip hop leaning Death Grips so, track. Scott, what, what what makes you really like fall in love with this album? I, I'm really interested to hear. Uh, I really liked how because it, something. It's not really a criticism of Death Grips. It's just something I've always wanted. Is um, kind of like clipping. I feel like clipping to me always was more of a hip hop act, and I feel like their their beats in in some cases they didn't toe the line. They either had some beats that kind of felt more like you know slightly odd hip hop beats, or they really went a little overboard on the industrial. Um, side like I, I don't know that they ever uh, kind of 
bridge that gap well. And I think what I really like about this Injury Reserve album is the fact that I feel like they're like hip hop tracks that truly sample like odd sounds. Like it's not ex- really experimental hip hop, but it's it get that hip hop feel, but the beats are just they take advantage of that griminess. They just they, they take they elevate a lot of aspects of darker hip hop production with kind of the inherent qualities of the, the experimentalism and yeah. it's kind of it's a specific niche that I'd like cuz w- with Death Grips obviously I I know it's easiest to classify them as a hip hop band but if you're in the mood for hip hop I don't know if I'm going to go to Death Grips like that's not yeah. they're, they're not really going to give me that whereas I feel like Injury Reserve kind of struck a very interesting middle ground for me that I I don't think a, a lot of other bands have have struck before um, and in general I really liked when they 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 spit honestly. I really liked um, the wordplay they had. I mean, it, it's tough um, to to recall anything only because I, you know, I'm not as big a lyrical guy. But I really liked in the moment, you know, a lot of the the lyrics I heard and the, yeah. the wordplay and stuff like that. I will I'm, say um, there were a couple tracks toward the end. I loved the last track with the the saxophone beat, like or the saxophone on the beat. Like I really loved that. Um, unfortunately, before that track, there are two songs that are more, I don't want to say conceptual, more narrative-based, and I didn't like those two tracks at all. Like, one of the tracks, uh, I think it's the penultimate song. It's it, a, it's, oh, it's the, the, the Dram track, it's a new Hawaii. Oh, maybe it isn't that one there. Maybe it is. There's one, maybe it's the track before that. There's a song where he's talking about his friend and like how like his friend oh, is yeah. talking to him and like it really it was just kind of like he was obviously this is kind of what rap is but it felt like he was just kind of retelling a story but like badly to be honest like, yeah it really felt like he was just kind of like selling details from a story and that they really just weren't there he just wasn't great at, at kind of delivering it from a narrative so, perspective i do- really like Oh, I, so, go ahead. I want to say, like, when they just were rapping and spitting and, and stuff like that, I really, uh, I really liked that. But mm. there were two songs in the background where they tried to be a little bit more emotional and be a little bit more, um, you know, telling a narrative, telling a story. Really didn't. I just, I didn't connect. Like, I didn't feel like. And yeah. I know you're not a big Kendrick fan, but to me, the way he's able to tell a story, especially there's one track in particular on Good Kid, Mad City, where he talks about him being with. Um, a group of friends and they you know going out in the town causing trouble they break in somewhere and like the way he tells that story you're engaged in the narrative and he keeps up the wordplay it's perfectly paced that's how to do a narrative track in my opinion I felt like this was just kind of them telling a story but kind of awkwardly positioning it into rap See, verses I, I think that's uh, to go on a little side note um I think that's sort of a problem in a lot of modern hip hop that I've noticed is that like, like it feels like they, there isn't any um, like it, like at least like with Kendrick like you know I might not be a fan of it, but like I can give him that you know he felt compelled to you know to write a song that talked about that mm-hmm. you know whereas I think with a lot of hip hop now people are just like like they're just sort of like oh. Something's supposed to go here, so it's like so it's either completely nonsensical and stupid, or it's just something you know, talking about like 
what's going on in your life and mm-hmm. i find both of those to be a little boring even though i i will agree i'm not the biggest of a lyric person it's just that like you know like you, you I, i'm not really interested in rappers personal lives like even like Aesop Rock, like you know his last album or before this, before the Tobacco collaboration, uh, the Impossible Kid, like that that went over a lot of, um, you know, personal topics for him. Uh, but you know, like I I I still liked I like the album as a whole because of like the production, sort of the flows, you know. I and I think at, at least at least Aesop had you know a lot of interesting things to say. Like, um, there's a track called Lot of Years where he's talking about, like, you know, trying to get, like, a cup of coffee. And, like, he's noticing how, like, the, um, or, or, no, he's, he's getting ice cream. And the, uh, the, the guy who's scooping the, the ice cream has, like, a tattoo on his neck or something like mm-hmm. that. Or, like, you know, and he's talking, and he's, he's just sort of, like, struck by, like, how fucking old he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I feel like most of the time, like the, a lot of these rappers don't really have a lot to say, and it's just trying to like fill that space. Um, mm-hmm. But to go back to this album, I'm I'm really divided on this because like you know when these guys spit and like when these guys do a verse, like it is really good, and the production on here is like basically flawless. Like I think it's like both those things are great, but I think the way these those two elements come together and sort of the way they structure a lot of these songs is really flawed in my opinion uh, like i think I, I i started noticing this by the second track with uh with rico nasty um that like the rico feature was awesome you know like like and even like some of the some of the lines that they were talking about were like really cool and the production was great but like it didn't feel like a track it it just felt like Oh, we're just gonna have like this beat, and then we're gonna have one of our guys talking about fashion for like half of this track, and it just like it felt like it didn't it just didn't feel like an actual track to me. It felt more like an interlude, um, you know. And then you know another good example is is the uh, rap song tutorial halfway through the album, um, which is a, a cool idea. But then it's just like the the thing is like the the elements that they put together for it, if they had actually made that a real song, it could have been like one of the best songs on the on the entire album. But instead, they're just like, "Oh, how to make a rap song?" <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just like, like the not like it's funny in its own way, but it's just like after a while, it's like who cares? And like, you know, I I'm it's funny that I was probably more interested in the production on that album. That er, on that track than any other track on this album, uh, strangely enough, except for Karuna and Lime, the opening track. I freaking love. I think that that, that might honestly be, be the best track on the album for me, um, because it, just in the way that it's just like just hard industrial beats and just yeah. like spitting flows and just like just merciless. Um, and then just, you know, to have it go into Jawbreaker, which is like, you know, it uses all these, like, I don't know, like marimba samples or something, uh-huh. and like bamboo, you know, something. And like, I don't know. It just like it was cool in its own way. But like, it just didn't like it felt like it, it was it was just like a strange order for the track list. I think for one thing, 
But then also just it felt like a lot of these tracks weren't like they they just weren't written well. Uh, for me anyway. Yeah, that, that's interesting because for me that uh, I can't say that's something that bothered me personally. Uh, I, I loved a lot of the the songs here. I thought they kind of came together well. Um, I, I loved yeah. like a, a you know Jawbreaker, a great track. Uh, Jailbreak the Tesla. It was Jailbreak the Tesla is fucking great. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, I love a lot of the features here too. Like I, I, I yeah. really wouldn't picture Freddie Gibbs on production like this, but I thought he. But he came through with some some really great bars. Uh, I loved Cakes to Kill on here. I also really just appreciated the amalgamation of people on here. You have Cakes to Kill, who is is really big in uh, in uh, the, the the queer rap scene, um, and then Freddie Gibbs is more of like a gangster guy. Dram, who's more of like a pop rapper. Like I really appreciate so nasty. This, like, yeah, like yeah. the really like all all over the like yeah. I'm not I don't mean that negatively all over the place in a good way. Oh, yeah, like, no, really like definitely. they really pulled together, and I feel like that speaks to the way they rap. It's like their production choices. They do kind of have a, a broad appeal. Like I could see this appealing to someone who listens to more mainstream hip hop as well as someone who listens to more experiment, experimental hip hop. Yeah, um, I I will give it this that that like you know it it definitely has like you know it, it's it's like just leagues better than like any like soundcloud piece of shit that, that's coming out nowadays so uh it's but I, I just found like a lot of the ways they they would sort of segue into certain sections within tracks to be just jarring to the point that it, it didn't feel like there was a lot of thought mm. that went into it uh but i will say like you know like even uh, gravy and biscuits which like this the piano samples on that kind of like at first, kind of threw me off. Like I was like, "What?" And like it, it almost reminded me of that, um, that Danny Brown song, uh, "White Lines," where he's he's rapping over the piano beat, but he's trying to match the rhythm of it. Oh yeah. Um, it reminded me of that. But then, you know, they by the end of it, I was like, "This is actually a really good track." Like you know, like they, it really grew on me, even though like that initial part was kind of jarring. But I would say like, you know, I I just I just have the problem with these tracks. I will say that. I enjoyed it more as it progressed that I think by the time I got to like after like I think by the time I got to like rap song tutorial I was pretty much hooked, like hooked into the album I was like yeah I'm 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 enjoying this but again like like I just found a lot of the structures to be just just misplaced and just sort of not uh not well thought out uh but I, I feel like that sounds like me just shitting on this thing because like again like ev like everything else about this album is fucking great like every feature I'd say except for JPEG JPEG Mafia because I mean I literally his only we contribution don't, we don't know how you feel about well no it's 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 not it's not even about Peggy in general um I it's just that. yeah it's it's just like I mean you, you can hear this in the song his his only contribution to the song is just Yaz yeah <laughs> um. See, like you, you yeah, just, you you just do it too. That's, yeah, um, that's, that's all there is to say about it. Yeah, in a way, um, <laughs> this kind of speaks to JPEG Mafia as a whole. If if you want to go down this route, because um, like I, I find him as like the rapper equivalent of like an internet troll in a way that like <laughs> you know, or really actually probably more accurately, uh, the rap version of a 4chan user. <laughs> So, that's like, awesome. yeah. What well, was just it, all that to say is like he 
he talks a big game, but I never feel like he actually delivers it. Like, if yeah. you look on the ch- on the lyrics of, like, I fucking hope Morrissey will die soon, um, you know, like, he doesn't really say anything in it, you know, much less about Morrissey. <laughs> it's just kind of like an edgy title. Yeah. It, it, he's just, he's just, he's a 4chan user that decided that he's going to rap. <laughs> to, to, to me, That's anyway. Awesome. Um, so, but, but, like, I... <laughs> Sorry, I went on a whole thing there. Um, every feature was really good except for for that one. Uh, you know, like, all the performances were just, like, top-notch. The production was just, like, as best as you can get. You know, like, it was just really, really great. Um, you know, it was just, I felt like it was structurally flawed for me. So. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, at the very least, even though we, we kind of, Diverge a little bit on this yeah. album. I'm glad that... Because I've been wanting to listen to these guys for a while. And I'm, I'm really glad that we finally got the chance to, to give them a spin. Because yeah. I, I love this album. Uh, I actually do want to give J.P. Mafia a chance now. Because I also have not listened to to him before. So. I, I wouldn't mind giving uh, giving Veteran another chance. Um, I, I, I don't know if my opinion's going to change. But I, I definitely want to try. So... Uh, maybe that'll be next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, why not? Yeah. Okay. So, you, you have any final final words on this? Um, no, not not really. I definitely think it's worth if you're into, um, you know, modern hip hop and and as many offshoots. This is absolutely worth a, a listen. I do think that they they bridge a lot of gaps and have picked a really interesting features list here. I think there's gonna be something for everyone, and it's just. You know, you know, I love the production, love the rhymes, and I think it's well worth you know anyone's time. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I get you. Um, all right, so next album uh, is probably I think we we're, we're probably both looking forward to this very much. Uh, the new Flying Lotus album, Flamagra. Uh, we've talked about the initial date the lead single for this album with uh david lynch the fire is coming fire is coming um and we both expressed that it was you know it was interesting but it was at the same time it just didn't like it was just an odd choice for a lead single yeah um, like i think if, if it wasn't the lead single i wouldn't have had i would have had zero issues with it because you know, not not to spoil too much, but like it's actually one of my favorite songs of the album. Yeah, like, I, I'm actually it's with you there. It's like super creepy and yeah, and just really cool. Um, yeah, but it was just it wasn't. I mean, it's not really it's not it's not really a song necessarily. Like I mean, yeah. obviously there's some backing music on it, but it's not it's not really what you would, anyone would consider a lead single. Yeah, um, I I think you know listening to it without the music video. Um, I, I found that there were a lot more interesting, like, sound production Absolutely. moments on yeah. it um, that I didn't notice at first. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that, like, to, like, you know, have listened to that on its own. Uh-huh. Um, because I definitely love it a lot more. But um, on the whole, man, <laughs> again, yeah. like, this so, is... I, I just, I want to say this because this is something I felt towards the end. I don't, I don't really like to come out this hard when we do reviews, but... Man, like when this was over, I was I was relieved, and yeah. it, it's and it was not a happy relieved. It was I was super disappointed that that's how I felt. This is easily Flying Lotus's worst album, um, like easily. 
I I would say the only one I can think of that might be lower than this is like his very very debut that nobody even talks about anymore. <laughs> um, but I and I haven't even listened to that. So, <laughs> um, let's I but but so before we get into the negatives, I, I would really like to talk about the positives in this. Um, I would say. Um, I, I found, like, you know, Thundercats, you know, um, additions to this to be really awesome, as always. Uh, I found, you know, like, David Lynch. I, I found most of the features to be really good. Uh, frankly, the only feature I didn't like was uh, George Clinton's, and I, I, I can get more on that a little later. Um, you know, it's... I, I think that, like, there are, in some ways, some, um, you know sort of um like it, it's like he's brought over some material from your dead um a little bit just in terms of like you know he's sort of been shifting from this like weirdo outsider hip-hop kind of mentality that you hear in like cosmogramma mm-hmm. to you know more of like a jazz sensibility mm-hmm. um so like and that's very prevalent here so i and i think that those parts are decent you know, I, I, I'm not going to count them against against them. But then, really, though, that's that's all I can say that, that that's that's really good about it. Like I um, like the opening track Heroes, I actually really enjoyed. I thought that was a nice, nice way to open it up. Um, but oh, and um, Black Balloon's reprise with Denzel Curry. That was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Curry's flow on that was just like in like those rhymes he was laying down were really good and just like mm-hmm. the the subject matter like you know it, it wasn't too esoteric um, but at the same time it did beat you over the head with with its meaning mm-hmm. uh, like I, I thought that was a great track uh, mm-hmm. but the thing is like and and just just while we're still on the positive yeah for me like the actual musical timbres and like the sound. Like, kind of like that bouncy, uh, funky Herbie Hancock style. Uh, Which he, he, he's, he's on this album, too. Yeah, and yeah. just e- even, you know, just throughout, like, all, like, the sound of the album. And apparently, uh, I think I was reading that he actually learned, he took piano lessons while he was making this album. Huh. And he learned how to, like, actually play every instrument that's on here. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, for Flying Lotus, that would be, if that wasn't obvious. Um, and... I feel like the actual musical performances and, and the production and everything on every track is is great in, in the sense that how the instruments are performed. Yeah, like the, the, you're like, talking about like the, 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 yeah, the sound I'm, design. I'm not saying like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Not necessarily the songwriting, not anything like that, but just like the actual instruments themselves and, and the, the musicality was great. I felt like yeah. it felt, it was in line with, to me, the first time I listened to You're Dead, it felt like, as organic a jazz album as you can get um, with like an instrumental hip hop or like, you know, a, a, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I loved that. I loved kind of the organic uh, nature of that. And I felt like that was expanded on here. Um, unfortunately, I, I did not come away with this with the book. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of moments in this. I like, I really, I loved the Toro y Actually, most of the, Feature tracks on this, I I enjoy. I, I at least thought yeah. were were okay. Um, and especially, I love the Tori Moi song. I, I love the the Thundercat feature on the end. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't mind the Solange uh, track. I mean, I'm not. 
I don't listen to her much, uh, but I, I didn't mind that track. Uh, but overall, I think this boils down to, like, he just, he has elevated the idea of, like, what a beat tape is, a beat tape is in my opinion. Yeah. And I felt like this was basically a, a, a backtrack on. Yeah. See, I, I, I came out of this thing thinking, like, th- this this doesn't feel like an album. It feels like a compilation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And but that—that's exactly what I felt. Is that the fact that he has been so good at his instrumental hip hop, the idea of a beat tape just being a bunch of random beats like that is really hard to break out of. I feel like uh, Jay Dilla's Donuts does a great job with that. I feel like a lot of uh, uh, Flying Low, you know, Fly Low's older, um, you know, older albums accomplished yeah. that. And I feel like this just was—it was—it was tough. It was so. Yeah long it was well, so just not like so many of the songs felt really uninspired they felt yeah. like very early versions of something that might come later from I, from him i would say like um aside from a couple points that i want to bring up it just in just a sec i think that the this album's problems i think come from two sources i think one is just the track time is just bloated as hell Oh my like, god! Yeah, like it, it, we already predicted this <laughs> when when it was announced that this thing would be over an hour. Um, but I think on top of that, I think the way the tracks are presented, like or at least um, the the track order, um, I think you know could have been you know restructured a lot because I think that that's part of what makes You're Dead and like what makes Cosmogrammas like both of those such great albums is that. You know, Steve, like, you know, um, Flying Lotus is really thinking about which tracks flow into what, you know, and like, you know, with You're Dead, like, that thing is like maybe 35 minutes long, and like, you don't even realize it. Like, it feels like all, like, just one long song in a way because of just like the way it's, the way it's ordered. And with this, it just felt like there was no thought put into how this thing sounds as a cohesive experience whatsoever. Absolutely. Um, and I would also say, like, I think some of those staple flying lotusisms, like, like you know, like the unquantized drum beats and things mm-hmm. like that, I they really got on my nerves this time because, like, it just felt like it just felt effortless in a very negative way. Like, they, I'm trying to remember which track it was because um, I, it it could have been the Toru Mua, um cut but there was this one that had like these uh it had like a rattling can or at least that's what it sounded like in it and it was the most annoying fucking thing and it was just like 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 what like what type of earwig crawled into steven ellison's ear and was like hey this is a good idea let's put a rattling can on our fucking hip-hop album like yeah i just like there are so many, just like I don't even know where to start on this in terms just, of you know, like, just just bad instrumental choices. Yeah, and like I, where where I was gonna go was I I don't even know where to start with this in terms of usually you say you know you can cut this track down and like help with the I don't even know where to like there's so many tracks in this that yeah. even songs that I don't mind like it would make so much sense just to 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 cut it like there are just so many songs that uh, this they they wouldn't be missed. You know, obviously yeah. there are some, there are some tracks that I just I genuinely didn't See, like I, and, and I didn't enjoy it. But there are so many songs where I'm like, I, I don't this does this sound really need this? Like why why is this so long? Like I, I just don't understand 
Why? I think it's because it's been so long since he came out with an album. I, I think during that time, you know, um, I think sometimes, you know, if you work on something for so long, you fall in love with all of it, and it becomes really tough to decide what to cut, you know? Um, I think that's part of it. But, but like, I, he's done that so many times before and been able to do it so well. Yeah, but okay, like, but, I, like th- th- think about the, you know, the the time between studio albums so i'm just looking at this right now uh, like los angeles to cosmogram is two years cosmogram until the quiet comes two years until the quiet comes to your dead two years you're dead to flam flamagra five years yeah that I, I don't i don't know why he fell off that rhythm um, but it clearly yeah. was not good well i so he was working on his movie kuso so i think that's yeah. that's a part of it but um Still, like I, yeah, it just the 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 thought, like it just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of forethought. But 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 I would say, you know, to what you were saying with the track listing, just it, you know, trying to figure out what to cut. I even feel like if Flylo went back into the studio and did like sort of like a Kanye, you know, Life of Pablo thing, where like he like edited out some of you know some of the other, if, if he cut some of it, I feel like this thing wouldn't be able to stand up. Still. Like it's it just like I, I think if you cut it, it would it, it would kind of end up like the musical equivalent of like one of those baby giraffes that's just that was just born and is still trying to figure out how to like you know walk, and so like it falls down on its ass a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like it it just feels like that there isn't like like there, there's there's nothing you know keeping this album afloat except for its bloated track time. Yeah, I, I, I think to me that was easily the the biggest barrier throughout this whole thing is that even, I mean, on a track-by-track basis, I think most of these, like, I don't, for me, there really weren't any songs that felt, like, truly bad. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I'm least, with you there. Yeah. yeah, at least for me. And I don't know, again, when I say, like, there's so many songs that can be cut, I don't know where I would start. But, exactly. Uh, but I, I just... I feel like that's kind of his job. And I'm just surprised. I think it really is the, the the case that he gave himself so much time to create these songs. He probably got so attached. But it's just there's so many, so many tracks that probably if, you know, he had cut them out and then, you know, I really do it again, I would not, I would not notice. Like they're yeah. really, it just, it was so difficult to get engrossed anything because it was just, yeah. and it really like a little over an hour for an album in general was not that long. I mean, of course it depends on the genre, but for what he's doing here and, and just like the lack of, because I, again, I loved the instrumental timbres and the musicality and whatnot, but yeah. I can't say it varied too much from, you know, track to track. It still had that kind of jazz funk, like, you know, fusiony flavor and, and whatnot, it really didn't vary much. Whereas, you know, an album like uh, Donuts by Jay Dilla, he used different, very noticeably different, you know, soul and jazz and, and you know, R&B samples and whatnot yeah. to, to kind of, you know, each track felt a little different. You know, you know, one, one track had, a you know, a looping horn sample, one, you know, kind of did vocals and stuff like that. Whereas I feel like this album fell into a, other than the, the David Lynch interlude, which, which to me was really the, the highlight, and, and it's it's never a great sign when an interlude like that is you come highlight. away as being your favorite track. Yeah. 
like literally like e- like easily that to me is my favorite track is is that this kind of like the creepy imagery that he the you know is created by uh veneration and, and the underlying you know sound design like you said yeah and like that's cool you know obviously that's something that fly low directed but that you know he's a musician you would hope that the music on his his album would be yeah. the takeaway, and it just it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I, I listened to this thing yesterday, and the only tracks I can remember out of this thing is the track with George Clinton because his feature was absolutely horrible. Like it felt like I I don't know what's up with George Clinton. Like I'm kind of worried about him in a way, <laughs> um, which I, I think I, I'm I'm probably placing that more on. George Clinton than than Flylo here, but then so that um, I think the track with Little Dragon, Spontaneous, uh, Black Balloons with uh, Denzel Curry, Fire is Coming, um, and like that one with like the rattling can. So basically like five out of a twenty-seven track album. Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> like that's not good. Yeah, that th- th- that's just really like. <sighs> It just means like three fourths of your album is is just completely forgettable, and you know that that's I I like it's not to say that like I I I don't remember every single part of your dead or like Cosmogramma, but like it felt like the journey that you take on those albums were you know like like still like a fun experience, mm-hmm. and like with this it just it was just like okay like it, it's it it it's it's like the um. It's like watching like the the previews before a movie. Like, they can be enjoyable, but it's like you just want the re- you just want the movie. And the thing is, like, there is no movie in this album. <laughs> in in yeah, a sense, exactly. And it's again, it really. I didn't say that with any happiness. The the, the oh yeah, no, no, I I I hate because like I this was one of my most anticipated albums of the year. Like, I was really looking forward to this. Yeah, um, it's been it, interesting to me that the um, the albums I didn't expect, you know, I wasn't anticipating that just came out of nowhere have really, and there's yeah. a laundry list of albums that, that I just kind of discovered, new bands, new, new new albums, and I love, and a lot of the albums I was heavily anticipating, you know, this, uh, New Earth, New Sun, and just all of them have really not lived up to expectations. Yeah, um, um, I, I will say, though, um, the album art for this for this album is, is awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I I mean, I still, I think I like Cosmogram more just because of just how iconic it is nowadays. Um, but I, I still really like, I think this is like really cool artwork. So, um, you know, like shout outs, shout, shout outs to Ellison for like, you know, commissioning something like this. Um, but overall, just sadly, sadly disappointed because I mean, I think Philo, I mean, still is you know, one of the most creative producers in hip hop today. Um, you know, I, I can't think of anybody who even comes close to his level as a producer, uh, or at least as a hip hop producer. Uh, and it's just like, you know, just, just kind of sad to see him kind of phoning it in and kind of contributing to this new trend of like throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. I, th- I think that's really the best summation is that I, I, um, you know, it, it, I'm sure it's difficult. I've never had to cut down yeah. a bunch of material I've written to to make a concise album. I've never, you know, I'm I'm sure that there are many. That's probably why you know B sides, you know, exist and stuff like that. Maybe there's material that 
we don't know was carried over from one album to another because an artist well, really loved it. And so didn't make a, it. apparently, there's one track uh, post requisite that was uh, in the soundtrack for Kuso. That's what I'm reading right now. Oh, okay. But still, that, that that's one track. <laughs> so like, it's still I don't think that yeah. explains it. But yeah, they, they, I think just to, to serve your point, you know, like we're not hip hop producers, so like. You know, we're coming at this from, you know, fans of Flying Lotus's music and, you know, people who, you know, like really love music. And uh, we just found this to personally be disappointing. So, yeah. Well, I just mean in general, like anytime an artist, you know, writes an album, what if, what if you know, like a B side or something, an idea they yeah. wrote for one album carries over? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure oh, it's difficult. So you, you're uh, talking about like just like we don't, we don't know their intentions, basically. Yeah, just, just yeah. in general, maybe, you know, we, a new album, some of the material, like they, they just didn't reveal because I'm sure it's difficult. They write something that just doesn't make the cut and they don't want to abandon it. And yeah. like I, I can, you know, sympathize with that being difficult, but. You know, you have to make an album listable, and I feel like this album just isn't. It isn't super palatable on you. Know, like, I really I, I struggled. Think, so, to, I, I I would argue that that the, this works as like lo-fi study beats type of music, but, but that's like not, that's not a Flylow album. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think that exactly. should be a Flylow. Like, I I think that that's almost. I could see someone who didn't like Flylow using that as an insult for his album, you know, for his music, and I well, really I just don't. I don't no. understand why he had so much. When in the past, he's never had this issue. Like, why this time around was he so mm. hung up on including some? And like, I guess we'll never know his intentions. But I, I just personally, I don't think that there is over an hour's worth of, of necessary material. It's not you know, there's good material all around. I think every yeah. song is at the very least okay, and you know, typically it's it's good and worthwhile, but. It does, not, doesn't not, justify sixty six yeah, minutes. Non summation, like it's not yeah. like after a while, the 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 whole of these parts kind of diminishes each individual moment. Because I'm sure there are tracks in the back end that if I just listen to them, um, you know, in in isolation, I would enjoy them. But yeah. I was so done. I, I mean, I honestly completely forgot the Solange was on this album <laughs> because like by the end, I was just like just burned out from it yeah and, and exactly. n- n- not to play a pun into this whole fire concept that he has going on oh there you but, go love um, it yeah all right so let's um <laughs> let's shed a tear and leave this behind us yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh let's talk about albums of the week scott what is your album of the week yeah so i um been trying to finish my, and this is not my album of the week. It just sets up my album of the week. Yeah, uh, been to <laughs> we're, we're, my, we're getting uh, good at these. So yeah, there you go. Uh, trying to flesh out our Vampire Weekend collection, and the last few times we've been, you know, somewhere that sells CDs, wherever that might be, uh, they haven't had the newest Vampire Weekend, and I happen to be on Elms on uh, South Willow, excuse me, Manchester, picking selling up, and uh, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop at uh, Newbury Comics, and they had. The new album on sale, so I, I grabbed it, and I figured I'd look around. And I've been really wanting to... I mean, it's going to be a long journey, because they have so many albums, but I've been really wanting to start completing my Melvin's collection. Oh, okay. And I, I figured I'd check. Usually they have the same same few albums, you know, some of the new ones, and typically, like, a used copy of Stag, or, or like you know, Houdini, kind of, kind of, yeah. the, kind of like the, the typical ones. They had a cheap used copy of uh, The Maggot, which is not a CD I've ever seen out um, at Bull Moves, Newberry Comics, or whatever. It's one of their kind of mid 
career albums that is I, I was really surprised to see it. I think it was like five bucks. Um, it's you know it's it's a Melvin's album. You have some really you know sludgy kind of, riffs. Yeah, you know, yeah, sludgy riffs. You know, like sludge metal, like kind of sludge rock almost, just because it definitely has more of that stoner rock edge. Uh, definitely the personality of Buzzo's voice and. The interesting thing about this album, which actually was a little annoying, when I listen to <laughs> my my home CD player, it's fine. But depending on how your CD player, um, how it uh, runs with, uh, or, or like whether it has gapless playing, because yeah. for whatever reason, they split up most of the songs on this album into two. So like okay. it's. Oh, it, it, and then then there's like a couple seconds in between each track too. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. you know, for example, the, the first track is called Amazon, and then the second track is also called Amazon, and it's it's the same song. It's just it's two different tracks. Why I don't know, but if you don't have a gapless setting or your 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 music player doesn't you know have that setting, like when I was listening, listening to this in in Lauren, my girlfriend's car on the way home. Uh, it literally F- fiance's car. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you finally get to use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I was listening to my fiance's car, she just gave me a look. Um, <laughs> my fiance's car. Just, just, um, just, just tell her it's my fault. <laughs> I know, but literally, like one, one it literally, it was the same track. It's just split into two again for I don't know why. It would half of the track would play. It would randomly stop, and then it would pick back up again. Like, yeah, it was pretty annoying. But when you play it with gapless playing, it sounds great. It's it's a great you know heavy riffs, uh, nice personalities, some weird noisy elements you know thrown in the mix. You know with just the right amount, like not too weird, but uh, definitely to to shake things up. Um, and I'm really hoping to you know slowly but surely build up my Melvin's collection. I've just I've, I've always found their approach to the genre fascinating you just get something a little different with each release but you still get kind of the same uh thread of 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 their style and they've done some really cool experiments throughout their career like they basically they helped along with earth pioneer draw metal with their album lysol um houdini has some really cool riffs uh stag is a fantastic album with some some songs with like horns on it and whatnot like there's one song with trombone that's really really cool um, I just I, I've I've always loved this band and it was cool to to see yeah. an album that I've never seen before. Off the top of your head, what what uh what other Melvin's albums do you do you have in your collection? Yeah, I have uh, Houdini, yeah. uh, Stoner Witch. I have uh, Gluey Porch Treatments and Ozma on the same disc. It's a, a reissue. Uh, Stag and you know the Maggot now. Uh, I think that's it. I think which is a decent amount. They have like over twenty albums. Yeah, they, they, they have, have a ton 30. of stuff. They're not even including live albums either. Yeah, and they have some collaborate. Like they collaborated with the lead singer from Dead Kennedys. Uh, his name escapes me. Jello um, Biafra. Yeah, yeah. And they they've collaborated with some other folks too. But yeah, yeah. Nice. They're, they're just they're just a, a phenomenal um, sludge metal band. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm with you there. I um I don't know if I like Stag as much as you do, but it's still a really good album. Like Houdini's really good. You know, I, I've yet to listen to an album of theirs that I'm like, meh. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just what I love is that I feel like Sludge Metal and Star Metal can be a little, um, it take itself a little too seriously or be kind of, you know, Same. formulaic. And yeah. yeah, and I feel like they just, especially with Buzzle's voice and it's their general kind of creativity, they always shake things up, you know, yeah. at, at least a little bit. Very nice. Very interesting yeah. pick. So. 
mine, I uh, I don't really have a backstory to this. I just found this on my um, on my shelf and I put it on. And uh, once I got the CD player to work, because for some reason it didn't like this disc at first. Um, once I got the CD player to work, it it just like like within like the first minute of listening to this thing, I knew it had to be my album of the week and it's uh ned rothenberg's uh it's a compilation of his that they that's re-released on zadik called uh, the lumina recordings oh, cool. um so basically it's just it, it's just like i said just a compilation of stuff that he put out on this record label called lumina i believe and it's mostly just solo reads uh like read improvisations and things like that there's like some overdubbing that he'll do there's an interesting track this thing is like well over an hour long like it's 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 not something that like you know <laughs> you can really just like sit down and like enjoy like it, i, I kind of use it as background music but it's really interesting and it's really really like just his approach to his instrument is just really interesting like it reminds me a lot of um colin stetson oh cool. but 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 not nearly as like um post-minimalist like mm. it's, it's a little more simpler than that and uh you know he he's he's playing around with a lot of different like uh you know textures and things like that at the same time there's actually a really great track on the i want to say this is the second disc that um is him playing in ocarina actually uh oh, yeah and it's it's really really cool sounding and it, it's it's much better than anything you'll hear in um the legend of zelda ocarina of time so um <laughs> But and and then there's also a uh, duo with John Zorn um, on the second half of it too, uh, and just both the you know it, it's just a really interesting collection of tracks by um, you know someone I I don't think gets enough credit for you know being just an excellent reads player uh, for people who are interested in this and don't want to listen to you know two plus hours of music um, he has a tr- he has a composer a- album on out on um, Zadik's composer series called uh, Ghost Stories that features him on uh, Shakuhachi. Uh, it is a really, really cool album. Uh, the album cover is really cool too. It features like, it's like a Japanese horror story or like a, like an ink painting from a Japanese horror story. Um, super good. Uh, yeah. So that was my album of the week. I enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. So <laughs> nice. All right. That is uh, our episode today. We're uh, going a little over time, but um, you know, I it, it was a, it was a good talk. So yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Hopefully, yep. you um, like these albums more I mean, than I, we did. <laughs> yeah, or, or I mean, obviously, I assume people have if you listen to this podcast, you've heard of at least you know you know most of of those. But if not, you know, definitely give it a shot. I mean, I feel like there, there's value in each of these releases. Yeah, it's just no, it, whether or not definitely. You, I, I kind of feel the same way we do. Or, or I would or, argue but, that there's value in any release. Uh, it's just it depends yeah. on who the person is, you yeah. know, to find that. So, yeah, I know. So, so, so basically, I'm going to be looking for, um, you know, the the whatever can be found in the next uh, Takashi Six Nine album. There so, um, you go. That's gonna be that's gonna be my chore for the week. So um, awesome. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye.